with conversational AI, the experience can be so quick that I've, I've found even myself personally, that people will begin to opt in for conversational AI over chatting with the rep or, or calling yeah. in because when you understand your users and you make the experience as conversational and quick as possible, yeah. people actually prefer it. Welcome to Conversations That Matter, a podcast from Unifor. Here, we explore the latest customer experience trends, sales insights, innovations in AI and automation, and more with well-known thought leaders and industry experts. Tune in and join the conversation. Welcome, everyone, to Conversations That Matter. I'm your host, Randy Kassar, and I'm so excited that you're here. We have a great show today, and we're starting the new year focusing on going beyond going beyond customer expectations, going beyond the traditional, just adopting technology and no one uses it. But now we want to go beyond and meet those customer expectations and make sure that our community actually can get 1% better by learning from experts that we bring onto the show. So today in Going Beyond, we are talking to Nathan Bishop. Nathan Bishop is a senior conversational AI specialist from Discover Financial. And he's joining us today. Welcome, Nathan. Hey, how's it going? Doing great. So you've been uh, in the industry for a while. You used to work at Drift, uh, working on conversational AI designs and, and workflows, uh, and and working on. And now you're working on the self service product uh, that Discover has for their customers. And so I'm really excited to kind of do a deep dive into conversational AI design, and the design part I think is really important. Uh, and I think, of course, you would agree, uh, but even our listening community would would like to get an insight in terms of how you go about doing your job and probably some, some advice for those that are listening in on starting their journey. So to get started, we're going to start off with our, our usual question, which is debunking the myth. So Nathan, sure. the question that I have for you is, what is one myth about conversational AI design that you would like to debunk? My, my favorite to debunk, um, you know, I would say the, the biggest misconception about AI is that there, there's no humans involved whatsoever that's just going to replace all of our jobs. Um, and, and I like to say that that's simply not the case. Always, uh, you know, AI always requires heavy, heavy handholding, especially conversational yeah. AI. Um, you know, especially if you look at uh, uh, OpenAI's building of GPT-3 and the subsequent building of ChatGPT, it required hundreds of people to, to sift okay. through that data and annotate it and, and curate it in a way that will provide a great experience for people. And so the same, the same applies to conversational AI and the, the enterprise. You have people looking at conversations, annotating them and hopefully using them to optimize okay. for better performance. And even at somewhere like Apple, where they're working on Siri, you have a lot of a lot of annotators looking through conversations and thinking, how can we make this experience better? And totally. typically, the 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 higher the scale of the deployment of this technology, the more people you have working on it. And the analogy that I, I like to use, it, it's like you're uh, upgrading from a screwdriver to a drill when you're deploying AI. So you still need talented people involved right. in the process and to, for lack of better terms, babysit and, and make sure that we're, uh, you know, growing and, and maturing the technology in a, a, a purposeful way. I love that. And, you know, it's not just about turning on the switch and letting AI do its thing. Uh, definitely. It definitely is 
uh, a lot of work that needs to be done. And I think in, in our previous podcast, you know, we always talk about customer experience, but, uh, and I think this definitely plays a part of that is that the only way to do the right customer experience is one, talking to your customers, and then also, especially with AI, is just looking at the data, right? 100%. And you're essentially talking to your customers a thousand times over every day. So if, if anything, you want to be looking through those conversations because the, the data that you're getting from that is so rich. And, uh, you know, today we're still learning about the amazing things that we can do with conversational data. Yeah, that's that's awesome to hear. Uh, so um, so tell us a little bit uh, about your your day to day. So your role as a senior conversational AI specialist at Discover. Um, what does that entail? What, what products do you work on? Yeah, ha happy to talk about that. So I currently work in uh, Discover's card organization. So Discover offers a bunch of different products across financial services, student loans, personal loans, um, in addition to banking. And so I work in our card organization, which um, is our, our most recognized one. And I work on our, our self-service conversational AI solution, particularly chat. And so I sit in between our, our teams at the contact center and then also our product and engineering teams. And what I do is I take the data that we have from our contact centers and, and some right. of the priorities for them and translate those into the conversational experiences that we want to build. And especially with the company as large as Discover with the huge customer base, we have different channels, different ways to right. personalize for our users. So taking those high level priorities and being able to translate those into conversational flows in our NLU and day to day, most of what I do is reviewing conversations that we have with our customers. Again, going back to that, that handholding conversation there, yeah. reviewing those conversations with our customers and, 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 and critically thinking about, did this conversation answer the user's question? Um, did they have a great experience? But most importantly, did we understand the user? And if we didn't, right. or maybe we, we half understood taking that data, training our NLP to, to hopefully address that conversation better the second time around or the, the, the thousand other times around. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, conversational AI can be pretty complex. So it also requires pretty close collaboration with our software engineers. You know, for example, okay. if a customer asks a question about maybe what their balance is, we may not always want to tell them, hey, follow this link or go to this page. We might want to be able to tell them right then and there, your balance is X, Y, and Z. And so to be able to have that level of fulfillment, you need yeah. a close uh, partnership with your with your engineering teams. So that embedded experience is key, especially when you have multiple products that are definitely like, like Discover, right? Um, otherwise, you're just like, you know, it's just like an old school chatbot that just... Yep. It really doesn't help you, right? I mean, you can just do a Google search and, and find what you're looking for, or the search bar uh, uh, on the website. Yeah, uh, you never, you never just want to augment search with the conversational experience. You know, as as the name suggests, how can we make uh, you know customer support more conversational? And um, and and what's particularly exciting about working in a large enterprise, but especially financial services is you have to also work really closely with your with your process people in the company you know right. are you know is the language that we're using is it is it legally compliant does it comply with language that we're using in other areas and okay. and sometimes you're going to get a big essay or a paragraph that you need to put into the bot and sometimes okay. you have to go back okay. and forth and how, how can we condense this and make this really easy for customers to understand as opposed to them yeah. giving up and, and giving us a call or asking for a human 
Yeah, I mean, financial services has its own compliance uh, standards and, and challenges. So I'm sure uh, that's something that uh, some of our listening audience knows about since they're in that industry. But there's also probably others that are in a completely different industry that they don't have to deal with that. But every industry has their own compliances and standards. So um, that's definitely a, a good point to make is um, yep. you know, don't work in a silo, right? 100%. Yeah. Conversation design is is super collaborative. And so you'll have to thrive on it and uh, proactively seek collaboration to build the best experience. So uh, tell us about your background. Uh, you used to work at Drift, uh, but you know, let's kind of go maybe even before that. Like, w When did sure. you start thinking that this was the route? And maybe when you're in college, there wasn't a curriculum, but what did you study in college? Did you go to college? Like, What, what, what was the route that you took? Yeah. So I would say my first exposure to the concept of conversationally, I remember back in, I want to say 2016, right as like Vine was starting to fizzle out the, uh, you know, and it's something I'm, I'm writing about right now, too, because it, it excites me about conversation. I is when um, there were Easter eggs in Siri and people were starting to discover those and they're going viral. And my I think it's still programmed in today. You could ask Siri, uh, you know, what is zero divided by zero, right? And she would have this really funny answer about the cookie monster and not having friends. You know, right, I encourage right. I encourage our listeners to to look it up and maybe some other fun ones. And um, and I'm thinking to myself, someone at Apple had to had to not only think of that, but then write it and get the approval for it. And I that right. sounds so interesting. And you know, at the time, I thought maybe just software engineers do that. But so you know, I went through my my, my college career, you know, I, I loved English and, and writing and reading, but I also love technology. So I majored in English in, in college, and but I also worked at the school's IT department and being able to take these really complex challenges and solve yeah. them and be able to effectively communicate them, I found really satisfying. Um, and, you know, moved on to working for the Apple store. Um, and, uh, you know, loved that there. I was, a, I was a trainer for a while. So if anyone had oh. ever been to today at Apple sessions or they learn how to take Wait photos again, you know, you're taking these sometimes complex technical concepts, especially if people don't understand them at first and, and communicating them in a way that's easily digestible. And so, um, I always wanted to find a job at that, that intersection of, of writing or technology. And, uh, I, I stumbled upon Drift. I, I had a great connection that worked there, and he he introduced me to this world of conversation design, and um, interviewed for the job. And I, I think they saw my passion for it, and they uh, you know they took a chance on me. So <laughs> so yeah. there, yeah. So there, I worked yeah. as a you know I, I jumped right in. I hit the ground running too. So I was a professional services consultant on their their enterprise team. So okay. I had a book of business of about five enterprise companies, and I designed uh, AI chatbots for their websites, specifically for the use cases of uh, sales and marketing. Um, it was okay. incredibly fast-paced, scrappy. You know, I had to be you know incredibly resourceful, yeah. right. and um, and and so now I work at Discover uh, after doing that for a couple of years. Got some great experience. Wanted to maybe slow down a little bit, you know, right? The work weeks are a little long when you're in consulting sometimes. Of course, and yeah, uh, I, know I still still love what I do today. That's awesome. All right. So cool path and trajectory. Uh, love to see that. Um, if there was uh, one lesson that you would give to those that are 
embarking uh, on learning this new technology, uh, perhaps uh, getting, maybe they're still in college. What's what, what, what advice that you would give to them uh, now? I would say uh, be really good at teaching yourself. Conversation design is still uh, a very nascent space, like as, as far as a, a trade. Everyone's talking about it right now. Uh, you know, every couple of years, we get some really exciting technology, uh, you know, whether it's voice assistants or right now, like everyone's talking about OpenAI. It's the talk of the town. But okay. when it comes to the field of conversation design, there's actually so few people in it. The odds are if you're hired at your company to be a conversation designer, you're actually going to be the first one at that company doing <laughs> that job. And yeah. so you need to be really good at finding the right resources to learn the job and be able to teach yourself and continue to experiment. So I would yeah, say, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would say get comfortable with, with being outside of your comfort zone. There's going to be a lot of experiences where you're teaching yourself and experimenting yeah. and breaking things. And then, but then you'll have that great knowledge to share with other people and maybe be able to train the next generation of conversation designers. Um, it's yeah. exciting. You, you are a pioneer yeah. in so many ways. Yeah, no, that's true. Cool. Well, uh, anybody listening that's out there uh, starting to get into this industry, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, again, you're listening to the Conversations That Matter podcast. We have Nathan Bishop here on the show from Discover Financial. And uh, again, Nathan, this is just great conversation. I love uh, how uh, we're just kind of dropping the wisdom on conversational design and conversational AI. I love it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's great. Uh, so, uh, one of the questions uh, that we talked about before, uh, before we got on the podcast is a challenge or shortcoming, whether technology or process oriented that conversation AI designs needs to overcome to work better. Um, since it's new, since it's a, kind of a new in the, in the industry, um, the role, uh, I thought you could shed some light on, um, maybe, you know, from your learnings uh, yeah. with our listening audience. Yeah, I, lo I love talking about this. So, you know, as I kind of hinted to earlier, um, because you're going to be the first conversation designer at your company, odds are, you know, if you're hired. And um, so I'd say like one of the biggest struggles in the field is uh, advocating for the best practices and the inclusion uh, of yeah. conversation AI. So, you know, if you're as I mentioned earlier, you know, uh, some people might have an idea of the content that they want in their chat bot. Um, and that content might be several paragraphs or of text, maybe even five sentences of text. And so your job as a conversation designer is, is extract the most important information from that text and, and condense it down into the most uh, easily understandable content, most conversational right. content for the users. Uh, but, you know, that's easier said than done. You, you know, design is a highly collaborative process where a lot of people, a lot of different stakeholders have input. So you're going to have to advocate and, and push for those best practices. Right. And another thing is uh, in that same vein is advocating for a seat at the table. Again, conversation design is incredibly collaborative. You're you're pulling content from legal and different teams, uh, you know, especially a yeah. large company where different product lines might have different uh, marketing people yeah. or copywriting yeah. people. And yeah. so, um, and and so, advocating for a seat at the table is is really crucial because you don't want to be on the receiving end of finalized content. Like, hey, Nate, 
we've been working on this project for six months. We want the flows to look exactly like this and the content (laughs) to look exactly like that. And it's really hard at that point to reset expectations if you weren't involved in that process the whole time. So that's like another struggle there. And kind of lumping all that together um, because people might be hiring for conversation design. They might even have a few conversation designers, but um, you know, rarely will people be in a position to, to give you really great structured training and enablement on conversation. AI. so another, another uh, struggle in a way, or another challenge is, challenge, is yeah. how, how can you create structured learning for yourself? Um, you know, what I like to do is I, I, I really love time blocking and so yeah, maybe maybe set aside every Thursday and Tuesday evening, you set aside a couple hours for exploring new resources, doing yeah. training modules that you can find from so many great resources online, but but also deep dive into some some of those art, great articles that, that people write that might take an hour to to go through and read just to get depth on the industry. I'd say it's another challenge is giving yourself structured learning time so you can stay up to date and bring the most yeah. value to your team as so, a conversation designer. That's great. Three awesome, awesome tips. And uh, we'll definitely package that up and share that in our show notes. I, I love that. Um, so if you could create a masterclass for conversational AI design, uh, what would it include? That is an awesome question. You know, I think about that sometimes, right? There's so much great content out there in conversation design but how could we maybe package it all up, right? And yeah. so I would, I would really focus on what's the big picture of conversation design. And, um, and one thing I'm really passionate talking about, having worked at Apple before, but I, I, you know, we also kind of heard this idea reiterated a lot at Drift, right? The idea yeah. of conversational marketing or conversational sales is what can we do to to create a great experience for digital users. So, you know, say you yeah. walk into the, we're thinking about the Ritz Carlton model right here that, that even the Apple store is adopted. As you walk yeah. into an Apple store, ideally there is that check-in person there yeah. and they're going to ask you what brings you in today. And based on what your needs are, you're going to have a different answer. And their job is to quickly personalize your experience in the rest of the store. They're going to direct you to sales to buy an iPhone or support to fix your iPhone, right? Right. But when you go to a website or an app, you know, these companies are investing millions, if not billions into how things look and how things feel to users, but you're not quite getting that personalized concierge to walk you through getting the best buyer or support experience. And so that's where conversational AI comes in is is when you go to a company's website or you know even in a banking app and you want to get support you want to have that that white glove uh experience right. without having to wait 30 minutes or even several days if they just still use uh contact yeah. forms right and so really teaching that core principle of conversational ai you know what makes it valuable i think that would be a fantastic masterclass because beyond that, there's so many resources on resources on you know how do you build an intent and dialogue flow or how how to use entities yeah. and IBM Watson. But I think it's important that people really grasp that big picture of what makes it valuable, so they then feel motivated to go through all the other stuff that can sometimes be tricky to figure out. That's awesome. No, that's great. Um, love 
love uh, creating a masterclass, and, and that's my goal is one day to, to create that resource. Um, you mentioned some resources that you go to. Is there anything uh, that you, you can share, whether websites or people you follow on LinkedIn? Is, is there anybody that you follow um, uh, and resources that you could share? Sure. Um, so the people I follow on LinkedIn, um, I love uh, Copus Greeling um, and, um, and also uh, Sherry Combs. She's currently at PwC. I believe okay. those are like the two people that are like always in the top of my feed when I log in. Awesome. Um, but I, I'm really drawn to community. So um, I, I love participating in, in conversational collective. Anytime there's time up on my, on my calendar and they have an event, I always sign up for it. Um, I haven't heard of I Conversational also, Collective. Tell me more about that. Yeah, so uh, they are um, they have a group on LinkedIn and they uh, do events. I want to don't quote me on this, but I want to say monthly. They pretty much always have a great right, event. Um, I also like to uh, voice flow. They're they're really great at creating um, content for for people. Uh, you know, really getting into conversation design, and um, but and. I've also been participating weekly in voice lunch. It's a little bit of a lull as some things change hands, but um, it, it kind of, kind of, it's a little nostalgic in a way. If you ever heard of, uh, you know, if you're ever a big fan of Apple and heard of Homebrew Computer Club, um, yeah. it's kind of like that idea where you've got this oh, cool. this group of really passionate uh, conversational developers and designers just talking about. Um, what are some of the big things going on in voice? You know, here's this cool trinket that I'm building. Um, yeah. It's it's like a college or high school club in a way where it's just super authentic. It's not highly produced at all. So yeah. love participating in that as well. Awesome. All right, cool. We'll put those. Uh, I'll get the links from you later, and we'll put those in the show notes. Definitely. So everyone has access to them. Um, so uh, one of the things uh, that I talked about earlier in the show is about going beyond and mm -hmm. going beyond customer expectations, going beyond customer service, you know, just you don't want to just like adopt the technology and then hope people actually use it. There needs to be a strategy in place. You need to have the right, um, you know, plan in place. Um, what do you think about from the product that you're working on in terms of helping employees and customers? Uh, how does that go beyond? What does that, you know, you talked about the white glove service. Like how does that actually take it one step above uh, the experience that people are expecting? Um, I two really basic concepts that I think as, you know, when people implement conversationally, AI, they have this long laundry list of maybe things that it can do or yeah. content areas that they want it to address. But I think there's two simple things that make conversational AI a great experience. Number one, you have to understand your users. So how, how do we do that, right? We make sure that we're constantly reading conversations and, and pulling data from those to, to train and evolve our NLP. We need to understand users because the second they're not understood, they're immediately going to lose confidence in the system and they may not ever try it again. So we have to make that great first impression by understanding users. And so the second one, assuming that we understand users, is that conversational AI can actually be a great and quick service for users to use. So say, right. for example, you chat in, you could have your question or, or problem addressed within a single turn of a conversation. Uh, you know, with a credit card, say, I don't recognize a charge from 
uh, January 11th, and I'd like to file a dispute. Right. And it might ask a couple follow-up questions there, but you know, say in yeah. a couple turns of a conversation, you're done. Where and and, and you know, you might ask another question uh, after that. How do I do a balance transfer? Or sure. you know, tell me about my student loans or something. And and so if you were chatting with the rep. You know, they might have to transfer you to a different person. There's going to be wait times before and after that. Um, <laughs> whereas with conversational AI, the experience can be so quick that I've, I've found, even myself personally, that people will begin to opt in for conversational AI over chatting with the rep or, or calling yeah. in. Because when you understand your users and you make the experience as conversational and quick as possible, yeah, people actually prefer it. And so those two simple concepts really are what really exponential exponentially level up the the quality of of a deployment of conversational AI. I love that. Awesome. No, that's some great advice and cool that you're doing it at, at Discover. Um so uh we're going to get on to the rapid fire section of the podcast. Um you provide some amazing amazing tips and advice. Uh Thank you. So I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Uh, so for those that are listening in, uh, if you have questions for us, this is on demand. But if you have questions, uh, definitely you can hit us up on uh, our Conversations That Matter podcast page on LinkedIn, or you can use the hashtag CTM podcast. That's CTM podcast. So uh, rapid fire, we're going to get started with the rapid fire. So these are quick answers. Uh, and hopefully, you know, if they turn into something a little bit more um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, <laughs> so one of the things uh, that we like to ask people um, uh, that are, have dealt with customer service uh, organizations and contact centers is if there was someone that, uh, if you were calling into a contact center or perhaps using a conversational AI uh, experience, a self-service experience, and you could design it in a way that was in tune to a celebrity or a musician or an artist dead or alive, uh, who would that person be? <laughs> you know, um, right off the bat, I think of Matthew McConaughey. Uh, all right. Was, all right. All right. All right. If, if it was a <laughs> I, voice I, I, experience, <laughs> you know, exactly. Right. If, if, if I, if I called into like Amazon, right. I said, I wanted to, to return my package and he just said, all right, all right, all right. Oh, I'm I'm printing out a return label for you right now. I just think that would be, I, I think that'd be a great icebreaker for customers. That's awesome. I mean, they already do that in Google <laughs> Maps, right? They have like kind of seasonal uh, voices that they add on to Google Maps. You know, in the December there was like Santa Claus, and, but they've had like, really? a movie promote. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, a you know, I might have heard of that. I'll, I'll have to actually set that up because you know I love Google Maps. Yeah, yeah I use it all the time. Um, yeah, so uh, cool. All right. Um, in terms of, uh, we, we talked a little bit about this uh, before the show. What is one thing not on your LinkedIn profile? Yeah, so uh, you know, one thing that you'd probably never be able to tell looking at my LinkedIn profile, unless you maybe found my uh, photography website, is I, I love architecture, and uh, sometimes it drives my my girlfriend crazy sometimes. But whenever we go to a city. You know, I just I want to walk around like we we spent the holidays in uh, in uh, Chicago, and yeah. I was just oh, I was so amazing, happy right? just walking around and admiring the architecture. Lately, I, I've really been loving Art Deco. You know, I think it's going through a revival at the moment. So, kind of seeing how you know people are taking maybe some of that historic Art Deco 
architecture and and kind of co-opting it into something modern. Um, so love that. Love taking photos of it and uh, and and admiring it on Pinterest as well. <laughs> Pinterest is still alive. I use it almost every day. Definitely is. I love it. Um, what is one city or country that you'd like to explore more? And I, I assume this answer is going to be related to architecture, but love to, to get your thoughts on that. that. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, something that is on my list to, or, or somewhere that's on my list to visit is uh, London. Um, just something, something about London, you know, maybe it's just the, the culture industry that has just given me the vibe that I need to go there. But, uh, you know, I, would love, I'd love to go there. There's a lot of old, old buildings. There are a lot of brick. I I love the use of brick. Um, but, uh, you know, I've, I've been to Montreal where, you know, you really have to flex those, uh, French speaking skills. And it's oh, one of those vacations or it's a little bit of a challenge where, um, you have a fun time, but you get home and you're just mentally exhausted from, uh, you know, especially if you don't speak a second language that often. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, so I feel like I might have a little bit of a luxury going to London and, and, uh, you know, being able to speak English and, uh, right. but, but maybe try to understand the accent a little bit. And uh, I, I feel like there's probably a lot of great nature stuff in, in the greater UK to see. For sure. All right. Hopefully, maybe we can make it a work trip. Maybe there's a conversational AI design kind of meetup. Uh, that would be uh, fantastic. <laughs> We'd love to visit Spain, too, so I could practice my Spanish. That's right. That's awesome. Um, all right. Uh, last question uh, we ask is, what is your best day? Not the day of the week, but like, what entails your best day? Oh man, my best day. Uh, and, um, there's a lot of psychology that, that tries to go into understanding this, but my best day is always if I, you know, right. I, I, you know, I talk about, I love time blocking. Um, no one, no one always follows their, their schedule, you know, to a T every day, but a good day for me is when I do. So I, I try to wake up around, um, you know, I'm on Eastern time, but I work on central time. So I try to wake up around 6 a.m. And I, I go to the gym for about an hour and I have a great workout routine that I follow. And, uh, you know, when I, when I, I follow my workout routine, I'm just pumped to go through the rest of the day. I could be filled with meetings or bad news all day, but something about just starting the day, starting the day. with the gym yeah. and then, uh, you know, having some eggs afterwards, I, I can take on anything after that. So, you know, I would say that's a good <laughs> day. Right. And then, and then wrapping it up with a good book. All right, cool, cool. Uh, a particular book that you're reading right now? What's uh, what's on your list? Yeah, so I'm currently about to start. Um, it's uh, it's Age of Invisible Machines, I believe, by Rob Wilson. Um, I I have only read like the first uh, bit of it. I just got into it, and um, I just finished uh, Bad Feminist by Roxane Gay. So I like to mix up the business with with maybe some of the the more social and yeah. uh, self help stuff as well. Very cool. Very cool. All right, man. Well, uh, so we always want to leave the, the podcast with kind of giving you the airwaves. Sure. Um, so love to find out one is uh, how can people reach out to you? Cause you provide so much advice. I'm sure people have a lot of questions. Uh, and then two is if you have a question to our community where you're trying to get advice, uh, what would that be? So those are the two things, uh, and take it away. Sure. Um, so first of all, if you if you'd like to reach out to me, love you know love connection requests, love to be able to just have a coffee chat about anything conversation design, or if you just want to talk about architecture, you know uh, definitely hit me up. I'm on uh, LinkedIn under Nathan Bishop, 
And um, if you wanted to check out my portfolio or my blog, um, you can look those up at toodle.ai. So that's T-O-O-D-L-E dot A-I. Um, and you can also find uh, uh, plenty of resources for success in conversation design, or maybe you're hiring for a conversation designer and want to get an idea of you know what that skill set looks like. Well, for you yeah. to check that out. I would say my one question for uh, the the greater uh, you know uh, audience here is, um, you know, if you if you if you're doing conversation design today, or you're maybe thinking about it. Um, how are you thinking about structuring your team and, and maybe what are some of your uh, presumptions or thoughts behind that? I think there's so many unique yeah. team structures to how we do conversation design a day. So interested yeah. in hearing, you know, what does that workflow and the life cycle look like uh, as it corresponds with, you know, your, your team structure? Do you have a product manager who's like the central person or does, yeah. does all the do all the decisions and the strategies rest on the designer's shoulders or maybe the designer answers to an engineering manager or someone else? Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on that either okay. way. Awesome. Great question. Yeah, I'd love to, to hear those too. So, um, you know, always uh, you can reach out to Nathan individually through his LinkedIn profile and we'll put those in the show notes as well as uh, just use the hashtag CTM podcast. We'll post that on Twitter uh, and we'll see, uh, you know, what people are, are, are doing these days because uh, that's definitely uh, you know, the, as you said in the beginning, the role of conversational AI design is is up and coming. It's it's a it's a necessity in in how to leverage conversational AI. So Nathan, I, I really appreciate all the time you took today uh, out of your busy day. So thank you again for joining us on Conversations That Matter. Yeah, my pleasure. You know, thank you so much for having me. And again, if anyone wants to chat, I'm from the South. I can talk for hours about anything. So you know, <laughs> definitely definitely don't be bashful about reaching out. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, thanks and have a great day. Thanks, you too. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Conversations That Matter. Subscribe to our podcast for more great content. And if you want to learn more about the topic we discuss, visit unifor.com today.